everybody. Welcome to Two Bye Guys. I'm Rob. My book came out last week by Sexual Married Men, Stories of Relationships, Acceptance, and Authenticity. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know all about it by now. And it is now out. You can get your copy. Uh, there's a little bit of a delay even once you order it. So order it now because it could take a week or so to get it. I believe many of them are being printed on demand if they weren't already ordered. There are links in my link tree on Two Buy Guys and my personal account. You can click the link and buy it directly from the publisher's website, Rutledge. It's 20% off if you get it now. There are also links on my website, robertbrookscohen.com, and more information there. And you can buy it on Amazon or you can buy it elsewhere doesn't really matter to me where you buy it as long as you get a copy and take a look. I think you'll really like it. And I'm really excited for everyone to actually start reading it and seeing what you guys connect with and what you think and um, really just like what resonates with you all. Um, A lot of the stories in the book resonated with me, obviously, and I wrote about that, but I'm curious to see where those connections are and, and what you all think. So I was going to, I was supposed to have a new interview edited for you today with one of the Buy Married guys, but I don't. Um, It turns out the book events this week just took a lot of focus and time and took a lot out of me. And I have not had time to finish editing any new episodes. I do have at least, I think, four more that will air and possibly five So those will continue through December and into January. Uh, I think they're a really nice companion piece to the book, although they're not a substitute for the book. The book is different and more edited and thought through and really like narratives. Um, But the interviews are a nice companion. So you'll get to hear more of that. I hope next week, I assume next week, I'm pretty sure I can do it now that the book events are over. But Today, I decided I I can't do it in time, but I did want to say hi, and I wanted to tell you about the events. And then also, I'm going to post the entire video from the Zoom launch party. I'm going to post that on my website, maybe YouTube. I haven't figured out exactly how I'm going to do it. I'll let you guys know when it's up. It will definitely be up. I really want you guys to hear it. Um, but what I'll do today is play some of that for you on the feed. Um, the first 25, 30 minutes, I gave a talk about, it was an overview of the book and it's essentially the same thing you've already heard on this feed. It is essentially the three episodes ago when I did the overview of this series, I gave the talk, I gave, you know, you guys, some of my takeaways and I talked about why I wrote this book. So I, I basically did that at the book talk for the first half hour. And so rather than post it here, I know you might just listen to it, but it's really very similar to what you already heard. So uh, rather than do that, I'm just going to cut into the tail end of my talk. And I think I said a couple new things sort of toward the tail end. And then we got into a Q&A. And with th- the Q&A was with three panelists from the book, subjects from the book, and then other people on the Zoom ended up chiming in and talking. And so you'll hear from them and what they thought, including my mother and my aunt. Um, And there were many other of my family members on the Zoom. On the panel at the Zoom party, we had Keith and Candice, who were just in the last episode. You just heard from them. So you're going to hear a little bit more from them. But I always love hearing from them, especially together and how they talk about stuff together and how supportive Candace has been of Keith. So you'll hear a bit more from them. Also on that Zoom was Austin, AKA Quentin in the book. Austin, I interviewed for this series coming up in December. You'll hear a lot more from him. And he was also in an episode of Two Bi Guys two years ago, that episode where where I interviewed three bi married men. Um, And his chapter in the book is really fascinating. I'm looking forward to sharing that full interview on this series. And then also my friends Howard and Elizabeth are on the Zoom. Elizabeth is on the leadership committee of By Request. Actually, Howard and Elizabeth were in that same episode two years ago that Austin was in, and they are the final chapter in the book. Their names in the book are Stanley and Christine. 
So Howard and Elizabeth are on the Zoom. So you'll hear a bit from them. I asked them some questions. The the audience asked some questions and then shared some thoughts. Um, and so that's coming up in a minute. But let me talk a little more about the events before. I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who came to the Zoom. It was really, really nice and special. And so many people showed up. It was really nice to see how many people were there. And how many people I've never met were there. So clearly, like, it's a lot of you guys listening and maybe others who found the book or found the event. And after we did the panel, which you'll hear, I wanted to give a chance for more people to talk without recording and without knowing that it would be on this feed. And I wish I could share it, but by definition, it wouldn't have been the same if people knew I was going to share it. But after I did turn off the recording, m- many more people in the Zoom shared and really are looking for resources and so excited to hear these stories and also wanting to share their own. There was just a real sense of community in that Zoom. And many of the men in the Zoom have been married and out as by for a long time, some maybe less. But that's the thing that a lot of people talk about is just like, being in a room with people where it's normal, where they're talking about things that resonate and everybody found something like each person that spoke talked about something that one of the panelists said that they connected with. It was just really nice and special to hear what people took from these stories, even people who don't identify as queer or bi. So that event was great. Thank you all for coming. The New York event, I want to just briefly talk about it. It was also so lovely and amazing. Very similar to the Zoom in terms of the community that was built there, except it was in person. And so it was like even more special, really special. I I talk a lot about how important by request was for me when I was coming out and how when I first went to the center in those rooms and really met the people, saw them talk about themselves, like saw them nod and smile when other people were talking and when I was talking, how powerful that was. And since the pandemic, you know, we it by request ha- is great, but it hasn't quite got the same numbers. We used to get 30 or 40 people in a room every other week and so many people that there weren't enough chairs and we would sit on the floor. And I loved that. And it's been a bit difficult to recreate since the pandemic. And we really did recreate it last night at the center. So the event was at the LGBT center in a room where I've done by request many times. And it was almost full. I mean, there were a lot of people. I was really excited to see how many people showed up. A lot of guys showed up with their wives who were being so supportive. It was really nice to see a lot of bi men married to women for many years who, you know, have just not heard or shared these stories outside of a group like by request. But, you know, this specific experience is so hidden and we're in these straight passing relationships that it was just wonderful again to hear everyone share. So we did a panel uh, with, with subjects from the book And then we shared and asked questions and people talked about their experience. And it was just a lovely, lovely night. It was really special for me to be sitting up there and talking and watching real people nod and smile. And I know they're connecting with all the stories in this book and the panelists. So I don't really have too much to say about that, except thank you. It was so special. And um, thanks to everyone who came. And if you didn't come, it's okay. You can watch the Zoom. You're going to hear most of the Zoom now. You can watch the whole Zoom later when I post it sometime this week. And most importantly, you can pick up the book. I'm very excited for everyone to read it and uh, to share what, what they like and what resonates with them and to share more of your story. As I say, as I think I said in this Zoom, I forget if it's in the part you'll listen to or not, but I hope that this is the beginning of a wave of of visibility and of sharing these stories because there's so much more to do after that. But that is a big step one is just saying, hey, we're here and you think we're all straight, but actually no. And it's important. And here's why it's important. And bi guys are really, bi people in general, but bi guys especially are, are hiding in plain sight. 
And I hope that we become less hidden and people realize how prevalent this is and how many of us there are and how hot bi guys are and how queerness forces an interrogation of yourself and gives you the opportunity to really connect with that self and learn ways to express it and things like that. So I am so excited. Uh, You can, again, you can find links in my link tree in the bio. You can also go to robertbrookscohen.com and there are links there and lots of information about the book. You can just search by sexual married men at your favorite bookstore and let me know what you think. Write to me on social media. Post some pages of the book that resonate with you. I would love to hear all that. So thank you so much. I'll have more interviews coming soon. Here now is the end of my talk at the book launch party plus the Q&A. It is completely unedited from Zoom because, like I said, I do not have time to edit today. (laughs) And it's a Zoom, so you can watch the whole thing. All right, here we go. Enjoy, and I'll talk to you more next week. few final thoughts and then we'll get to the q a i'm going much slower than i was <laughs> um i think these marriages will look different in the future as the next generation learns more about bisexuality growing up the youngest guy I interviewed for the book is 30 so pretty much everyone grew up before grew up before 2000 before bisexuality was as visible or understood i still think we need more resources more visibility of this experience more community And I see bi-married men as sort of a bridge between gay and straight community because many have lived their lives in straight culture, maybe even currently. And now now they're getting into queer culture. And like, I, I want with this book to invite even straight identified men who are exploring sexual fluidity even a little. I want to invite them into queerness in ways that feel safe to them with this book so that they can use their unique position as bridge builders because there's I think there's a perception among straight people of what the queer community is and it feels far from what they are and actually it's all a spectrum it's not these things that are far apart there's all these people in between expressing themselves in so many different ways it's just that many of these people in the middle are not as visible and you don't know that they're bi. And so I hope that we can use this unique place on the spectrum to be bridge builders. Um, I, gr- I, I grew up viewing sexuality and gender as very binary. For a long time, I was locked into that way of thinking, but I now view it as a spectrum. Um, and I also think, what's the last thing I want to say? I also think that I know there's a lot of bi people here in the audience. There's probably a lot of people here who who know me who don't listen to the podcast and don't identify as queer. And and I, I want to say to you guys too, like, yes, sexuality, we've sort of defined as which gender you're attracted to. But writing this book and doing all this work and, and being out now for a bunch of years, I have noticed that there is... Like that sex, romance, intimacy, emotional connections, there are hundreds or thousands of factors affecting them, way more than just the gender spectrum. Like we boil this down to like, which gender do you like? But there's so, and which gender do you connect with romantically? But there are so many other factors that affect relationships and everyone has different desires, interests, needs. And I suspect that many people have desires, interests, needs that maybe they're a little ashamed of. Maybe they haven't fully explored or haven't quite reconciled. And I, my message is that's your superpower, that confronting whatever that thing is, whatever spectrum it's on, gives you the power to confront anything and the ability to get comfortable with your authentic self and to really love yourself. Um, and that's what the guys in this book have done. So it could be on any spectrum. For many of the guys in this book, it's the gender spectrum. And they confronted something with huge societal stigma. And it it's difficult to go through it, but it gives you enormous power to understand yourself and live more authentically. Um, and so I hope that they can be an example for everyone, whether you're queer or not, to love every part of yourself and live with authenticity. 
Um, because as RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? And so that's really what this book is about. It's about loving yourself so that you can love others and have meaningful relationships. So that is my little talk. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, I would now, I'm going to now let's do a little Q and a, so there's a bunch of people from the book who are here. Um, you don't have to talk if you don't want to, but I'm going to ask a few questions and whoever wants to speak on it, raise your, raise your virtual hand if you could, because I can't see everyone on the screen at the moment. I'll try to look around, but, and I'll ask a few questions. So we don't, so, you know, I'll, I'll take a few answers for each one and we'll move on and I'll make sure everyone gets a chance to speak. So the first thing I'll ask is like thinking of anything I said, or especially those five takeaways I mentioned, are there any that really resonated with you? Would you like to expand on how that showed up in your relationship um, or any other takeaways that I didn't mention that you want to share with the group? Yes, the in the reactions, uh, there's a raise hand function. Um, click reactions and then click raise hand like I just did. So that, and I'll, and I'll repeat them. It's like non-conforming relationships with masculinity, um, coming out being not a binary singular event, coming out being a positive experience, non-monogamy, um, or some of the challenges for bi men. Anyone want to share? Austin. Hi, Austin. Uh, wait. There we go. I'm there unmuted. Oh, yeah. We're start. Um, I think the coming out process. Like I thought I came out before we were married, and it wasn't a coming out. I had just framed it in a way that felt good and was as much as I understood at the moment about who I was. So it was basically about isolated experiences I'd had in the past and my wife thought they were in the past. And so as I came out to her 10 years into our marriage and she didn't understand and it was a crisis at that time. Um, and then I, yeah, I continued to understand more what that meant and I would come again and talk about it it was it was that continual coming out as I was coming out more and more to myself I think that was the key like I didn't it would like you said I didn't really understand and and then yeah so about 15 years after um I came out to my wife we actually parted ways so I'm I'm one of those that we decided to go a separate direction how old were you when you when you first got married? Uh, 25, 24, something like that. Yeah. So very understandable that you didn't uh, have it all figured out. Yeah. And and for, for me, for both of us, we, we had a script that we were given of, of what marriage looked like by our faith background, what um, relationships looked like. And we tried to stick to that script as much as possible. And we didn't think outside of that sort of binary way of looking at the world. Yeah, yeah. Can can I ask you another question while you're up here, Austin? Yeah, absolutely. How how do you feel about the decision to come out more fully looking back, even knowing that you guys are not together anymore? As Yeah, I, so actually at the time I, I came out more publicly, my wife was instrumental in that. She was like, it's time don't you think? <laughs> and then I, I came out and she was a big supporter. She had a, she actually wrote a pod, I mean, a blog about being the wife of a bi guy. So she, she really processed it in a way that was um, actually quite public. And so I was her editor. So there was a lot of back and forth and it was, we wrestled with uh, a lot of things privately as, as well as publicly, but yeah, it was, um, I don't know. Did that answer your question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, I mean, uh, right. It's like sometimes we fear these things will end the relationship and and we get the opposite response. But then, you know, that doesn't mean necessarily 
the that everything in the relationship is is right right yeah um anyone else want to talk about any of those takeaways or i would also ask for any of the couples or or guys from the book is there something you wish you had realized or understood sooner yay okay keith keith and candace go for it yay um I think for me personally, as the straight half, um, I just wish I would have realized that um, nothing had to change. Um, in my head, I just had these notions and I was convinced that it would never be the same and it wasn't, but in the best ways. Mm. Um, and nothing had to change in a bad way, even though all I was, all I was finding was proof of the opposite. Um, and I think that's the hardest part is the invisibility and the not talking about it. Um, all you find are the unhappy people. Um, and so it really just affects how you have the outlook for the future. And it, it, it destroys relationships when people come out because all they think is it's going to be terrible and it's never going to feel better. And they just hang on to that fear. Um, and I just wish I would have realized sooner that I could just listen to him and trust that he was still the person that I loved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, and, and that openness to listening, um, listening and like truly understanding what I was saying mm -hmm. um, as I was saying it, as I was coming to terms with, uh, learning my own uh, sexuality and how how that would or would not affect my relationship, mm -hmm. um, but that openness to be able to uh, you know be be one another's bouncing boards mm -hmm. or uh, to you know have those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, right, right. Yeah, I love that. And you guys were pretty young too when you got married, right? Yeah, we were, we were, got together in high school and um, got married um, 2011 ish. Yeah. We were, but I don't know. I mean, we've 20s. been together. Yeah. High school. Right. <laughs> right. The, the, their chapter in the book is about evolving together, I think is the title of the chapter. Um, and yes, and <laughs> Candace and Candace and, and Keith also, but Candace has started a whole website and movement about mixed orientation couples. And uh, that's part of why I included her in this book. You know, it's 11, it's 13 by men and two of their wives. Elizabeth is the other one. She's in this Zoom. Um, but I, I really wanted to include Candace because I think a lot of times guys are afraid of the reaction that their wife will have. And like, and Candace was very open about like having that reaction a little bit but then sitting with it and getting into it and talking about it and having a discussion, an, an evolving discussion over a long period of time and like putting in that work and it strengthened their relationship. And uh, you know, what you talked about, I, I think is so true. Like people are afraid of change. And I was, when I came out, my whole life's gonna change. And the truth is like, it will change but it's great change. Like for me, it's good changes, even if yeah. you have to let go of certain expectations. Yeah. Um, cool. A anyone, anyone else do Elizabeth and Howard, do you want, are you there? Do you want to say hi? Not to put you on the spot. Um, and also, we'll say hello. hello. Oh, sorry. So we'll say hello. Um, we also, we're just having our own debate and dialogue regarding this because we were fortunate enough that we met after the fact, after we were both out, well, I was more out than he was, and at a gathering for bi people, you'll, you'll hear all about it in, in the, in the book. I like how you're using um, a euphemism when it's very explicit in the book. <laughs> Right. I, I wasn't shy. We weren't shy. <laughs> um, so that was, that was a really nice thing because we didn't have to worry about that fear, that rejection. 
um it was it was already on the table like okay that's who we are then it was just the relationship getting to know each other how do we transition from being just people who enjoy playing to a relationship and i remember mm -hmm. i'll never forget this question you asked not for the book but at a at a at a picnic one summer rob where he's like oh how is it that you're you know being a, a bisexual couple how is it in your your marriage your relationship being bisexual you know is that does that make you know bring difficulties and i'm like no that's no problem it's just the relationship part you know mm -hmm. for us we've worked that out very fortunate because again as you mentioned before one of the tech takeaways have you know being very open being vulnerable having the discussions no matter what the repercussions are if you're open and honest with yourself and your partner you know you learn and you grow and you become as you say stronger because you you're open and honest and you're like this is what i want this is what i want out of the relationship or what we can do together so right anyway right. that's my thoughts any thoughts you agree howard i'm the talker of the group here <laughs> <laughs> right i'm the action person here <laughs> Well, I actually, one of my next questions was like, what are, is there anything you're still struggling with? And it sounds like to me, if there is anything, it isn't related to sexuality. It's just maybe related to whatever's going on in your lives. Otherwise, is that? Oh, you know, it, it's the dirty dishes, the laundry, you know, all the other little crap that every couple has to deal with, you right. know? <laughs> right. Right. As, as is portrayed in many of these stories, however, you know, you guys are unique in that, which is why I love that you're in the book too, because you met, you were out just basically by meeting each other and you didn't have to go through that. But yeah, it is, it's, it's like, there's a vast spectrum of how, of how hard it is to talk about this stuff. And uh, yeah. Okay. Keith and Candace and then Austin have stuff to say. Um, I just, I just liked how you brought that up about um, the thing we've come across with dealing with so many mixed orientation relationship couples um, is that the sexuality becomes the scapegoat um, when in reality, it's very seldom the actual biggest problem. Um, and people break up and they separate and that becomes the reason it happened when really things were extremely broken to begin with. Um, and you already had two people or more who weren't communicating well. And um, and it sucks because it becomes the reason when it might not have actually been, but it just puts another negative connotation on someone's sexuality being the destroyer of this mixed orientation relationship. Yeah, when it was really just really, really poor communication. Yeah, or or life problems <laughs> or yeah. whatever, but- Any Combination of relationship it, issues. Yeah, that they just hold on to that. And a non-mixed orientation relationship would still have. Yeah. And do still have. Yeah, yeah. Right, so many things. And it all, I mean, it's like what I was saying before about the the hundreds and thousands of factors of a, of a relationship and a partnership. And yes, this often is scapegoated, but I also think when you've, when you've had this tough conversation, like many people in the book and you two have had, like it it gets easier to talk about all that other stuff. So it's actually kind of a a, a nice obstacle to if you can overcome it to to get deeper on other things. Okay, uh, Austin, uh, you're muted, Austin. There we go. Um, yeah, one of the things that I found interestingly difficult right I mean so I'm seeing somebody now and it's it is not a woman <laughs> so that's been really interesting and every once in a while I run into something and I'm like oh this is supposed to be a hetero problem and no it's just a human problem it's just a human thing to work through in a relationship and and I'm finding that um once my wife and I decided okay our marriage is not working for us for the container for our love. How are we gonna shift that? There was so much of definition that we had given to marriage and what we were in that, that once that container was gone, there was this intimacy that I, we could not have imagined. And we were talking about things that we should have been talking about as a couple all along. 
in really deep ways and and able to just relax into that. And so I'm finding as I get into a, a new relationship that there's still those patterns that of ways I've been looked at what a couple is or what this is that I'm realizing I'm 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 writing the rules for how I want that to look for me now. And that's really liberating. I can ask for what I want. I, it's not just I don't I don't just have a script I need to go by. It's it's completely me. And and that's terrifying and, and liberating at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, I didn't really discuss that today, but it's a huge theme of the book is like how, how queerness or, or non-conformity on a lot of these spectrums, not monogamy, gender, other things, it forces you to write your own script, but it's like an opportunity to write your own script and to, it's hard to, you know, abandon the expectations that you have but there's really something beautiful in in writing your own script and uh yeah and, and one thing when you do that i think you attract people into your life that are on that similar trajectory and it's that sort of this queer thread that's now running through my life in ways right. that i'm like where did all these people come from right and it's right. It's, it's a beautiful thing right it's a it's a lovely filter yeah exactly <laughs> Um, okay, last question for you guys, then we'll open it up. Um, we'll end in a minute. But is is there any advice you I mean, you actually, I guess my question is, what do you hope that other people will get out of reading your story in the book? I asked I asked you all, most of you this already on the podcast, but if you've got a brief answer of it, I would we would love to hear. Go for it, Keith and Candace. We all know I'm always willing to talk. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I, I think we said this in the possibly the book and maybe the podcast interview um, for, you know, our case, particularly just so that people don't feel alone. Um, I mean, that's the overarching thing, obviously, for bi folks, but mixed orientation couples also. Um, and I was extremely proud to be a part of it as a straight person's voice um I sometimes joke that I'm begrudgingly straight like I'm like I, I don't feel like I am I feel like a huge ally I feel like I want to be a voice for people and sometimes um you know I don't want to speak for people but I just want to be representative of you know how welcoming and not alone anybody is and just a positive example in some small way and that's, that's, I mean, that all stems from that's why, that's what we were looking for. Mm, yeah. Um, and we didn't have those examples yeah. um, to, to draw a, a, a healthy, uh, sustainable relationship um, with, with the cards that, <laughs> that we had. <laughs> so it's, I, we just want to be that. Um, yeah. Yes. That for other people. Right. Beautiful. And, you know, my, my whole podcast and this book is really like the resource I wish I had, the examples I wanted to see and didn't have. And so, yeah, it's like we, we wish we had heard these stories. And so we're, we're pay, you're paying it forward. So thank you. So we're telling them. We're telling <laughs> yeah. those stories. You're telling them. That yeah. Much. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Austin. Yeah, I think for me, it's it has to do with mental health and men that are in situations that they don't feel are, that there's no way out. And I I know a lot of men who've dealt with depression and, um, and really have been closeted. And for me, a big part of my coming out was, was as much that as anything. I had a friend who um, took his own life. And so for me, that was like a no brainer. I wanted to, to at least let people see somebody living their life in a way that was authentic and without apology, accepting their desires. And so, and it, and for me, especially within the faith tradition I come from, people have reached out to me, said, um, have had ongoing conversations and they're, they're still closeted. They're still in, in a mixed orientation marriage and in a situation that I don't know if I could even live in, but I could at least, I can at least offer support and, and just the fact that somebody sees them and yeah, I, that's what I needed. And I didn't have for many years or decades. Yeah. Right. 
so so whoops so um beautiful and important and there's a reason this is uh in the Rutledge mental health section and Austin's story touches on more of that stuff and it's really beautiful um I love that chapter I love all the chapters of everyone who's here um <laughs> Howard and Elizabeth what do you hope people will get out of uh reading your story um for me personally it's just the fact that being a woman not the fact that I'm bi that at this point that's kind of irregardless but I have a better understand you know I have understanding of Howard but at the same time there's a lot of women out there who support and enjoy and want to be with bi men because I've heard over the years so many bi men who are like oh I hear women they don't want to be with me blah 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 I say they're lost you know there's so many women out there who you know enjoy bi men you know just don't see it as an issue don't have the fear don't want to don't reject them and stuff so I think that was just my biggest takeaway is that we're here to support and help in any way and I love it and part of my chapter too (laughs) yes tell us more about what you love about bi men we'll do that on Saturday we'll do that on Saturday but it is it is there's a lot of stigma, especially from straight women, but lots of women. And so it is really lovely when we get to hear about women who prefer bi men or the positive things about dating and being with bi men. Um, Howard, do you would you like to answer what you hope people will get out of reading your story? <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> Maybe I, more dates? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I I promise that Howard spoke in this book and his words are in this book. I I got him to talk and well, there's a lot of words in this book that came out of Howard's mouth. Well, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know he does speak. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, they were on the podcast <laughs> last year or something and um and their chapter is also hilarious. I mean, it's serious too, but it is one of the few chapters that is also genuinely hilarious. I laugh when I reread it. Um, okay, so just a couple minutes left, and we'll end. But does anyone have questions uh, for me or the panelists? Uh, also, Do- Dr. Mimi, I don't want to put you on the spot, no pressure, but if you had a comment or any observation, since I know you do work in this area. Um, but also, anyone else who has a question for me or wait, let me I'm, let me spotlight myself. Um, okay, my mother has a question. <laughs> Go ahead, Ma. I always have a question. Well, first, thank you, Rob, again, for writing this and sharing these stories. And I just want to thank all the all of you bisexual men and their spouses for sharing the stories. We lost. Did we lose it? Oh, you're, still no, you're good. There? And my question you sort of have touched on, but my question is for all of the uh, all those who shared their oral histories how did it feel first to tell your story and how did to rob and how did it feel you know to have someone listen to your story in that context of of working with rob anyone want to answer my mother's question okay go ahead keith and candace yeah (laughs) um i mean initially very um threatening uh, even even being openly out to uh friends and family at that point um going that extra step in in having an open conversation with a stranger uh that's going to end up uh expansively going out to other strangers mm-hmm. to have that same conversation uh initially it was very uh scary and and mm-hmm and threatening in a way, but uh, once the conversation started happening, um, that, and, you know, various stories that we had heard on Two by Guys, it, it, it was kind of exciting just to, like, have that, um, to have that connection and be able to, you know, have that conversation in a very open, honest uh, way, um, and I, I, we we're so grateful for uh, having a uh, Rob having an ear to to listen to our story. Yeah, 
I think I was the one who, I'm pretty positive actually, I was the one who reached out and volunteered us for, <laughs> for the interview um, way back in 2020. Um, and I kind of did it on impulse. I had our mixed orientation groups and all that. I was very, um, you know, active online, but in a lot more of an anonymous way. And so I reacted, I reached out to you and then I regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, hell, you know, but, you know, I, I didn't know at any time if it would be anonymous or visible. Um, but then the more we talked about it and thought about it, you know, we didn't really care either way. Um, and I don't know why we were bothered. I don't even know. I think for me, we touch on that a little bit um, in a few places, but I worry. I go back to those old worries and those old fears of like, People are going to think I'm his beard. They're going to think he's actually gay. And I get so upset that I still think that way after all this time and all of my own work. It's mm -hmm. just that stupid fear that's like people aren't going to take us seriously yeah. or or respect our relationship. I don't even know. Um, but there was definitely that fear of being in the open and front and center um, that is gone now. But yeah, I was afraid at first, but then very happy to be telling our story and have people to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you uh, did it and that it worked out for, and it, and it reminds me of, um, I came out publicly because by request, like that we, we, a few of us were featured on a TV show called Slut Ever. We recorded it. It wasn't going to be released for six months, but I had said yes to it. And I was like, oh God, what have I done now? Like we recorded this. I, I That was impulsive. And now in six months, it's going to be on TV. And so no I- No take of, backs. <laughs> right. No take backs. I signed a re waiver. Recorded. And so, um, I, yeah, like I, uh, I- Sorry, someone's not muted. Um, I then had those six months to to think about it and come out to people and make sure I was there. And in hindsight, I'm I'm glad I pushed myself to do that um, because yeah, it uh, it things changed and it was, but it was great. Um, okay, Austin, uh, go ahead, Austin. Louder. Wait, what was that? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So, um, well, that distracted me. What was the what was the exact question? Um, I think my mom, you can answer that. Yes, what, yes, what, no, I yeah, I got it. What was it like to be interviewed by me? Yeah, no, it was it was like therapy. Um, to be honest, I I hadn't been I hadn't talked with somebody that was out as bi before, and so for me to have a conversation with someone who just I didn't have to explain myself was so freeing. And, and that was, that was my experience. I had already been out. I didn't know any other by people, but I was just, I knew what I was and I was, had been out for a little while. So that was that. Cool. Um, yeah. I was also talking to someone else. Um, the interview will come out soon. Another guy from the book who lives in London, he was going to try to make it, but it's too late. But he said that I, asked him open-ended questions but I thought of things to ask him that he had never thought to think about and because I've gone through the experience or at least some of it I had I didn't know what he would say but I knew things to ask about and I didn't really realize that at the time but I was just asking what I was curious about but um but I will be doing coaching soon which is like therapy and which apparently I was already doing three years ago without realizing it. <laughs> okay, Howard and Elizabeth. Yeah, I mean, we fortunately had a different experience because um, we've known Rob since the beginning. I think you were actually came to the by request that we, the first meeting that we were leading, right? Howard and I, maybe? I don't remember. I, I oh, actually, I think it was Paul and it was about Kevin oh, Spacey. Oh, okay. So anyway, but I've, anyway. I've known Rob for years. And so it was just like having a fun conversation, you know, and we just joked and laughed and oh my God, there's 
I think there's so much that hit the editing floor that we were just giggling about, but especially yeah. me. But um, but it was just like having a conversation that by request, we're very open and just being ourselves and sharing. And I've I've been very fortunate that we have the community in in New York. And before the pandemic, we had there be times that twice a month we would have 30, 40 people in a room talking yeah. about themselves that was just it was amazing now we're maybe about 10 or 15 I mean I, I'm not trying to you know but just finding a way to find the community and being able to be honest and talk with each other and have that opportunity and share your stories even though they're they they may not be exactly the same there's so many parallels that you could really understand you're like oh yeah I've been there I've been down that road oh yeah right and I want to say I'm, I feel really bad for bi men in our society. It's a double-edged sword. I say it all the time. Being a bi woman, I'm looked at as like, ooh, ooh, fantasy. Ooh, lovely threesome, you know, and, and I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm like, yeah, I want a threesome too. I want an MMF, you know, so um, or a lot of, which really thro throws people off you know, they're like, oh, what? No, because they, they want it. They're used to FFM. But anyway, so <laughs> it's one of those things where I like to subtly kind of push back and, and, and you know, change things. And um, well, actually, I'm not that subtle in my chapter. I wasn't that subtle. But anyway, um, you know, there's ways of just saying that you're out there and supporting. And I think I kind of digressed. I went off the topic. But um. <laughs> Anyway, no, it was it was wonderful, and I'm glad that so glad that you've given all these voices and different perspectives the opportunity to share their stories and 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 given yeah. voices to people who don't who aren't as fortunate as we are having by request in New York. So right. anyway, on that note, I will shut. <laughs> right. Well, and I and that's why I'm so glad you guys are in the book. You know, your interview was sort of the polar opposite of some of the other ones I did with people I had never met. Um, but I wanted to have a diversity of experiences in the in the book and a, you know, diversity of tone and style. And and we talked about different types of things in your interview that that are, you know, will be interesting and valuable in different ways. And uh I I remember those days of by request, like I would always volunteer to sit on the floor because there were never enough chairs um and yeah i i hope we get back there soon and i hope it spreads to other places keith and candace go go for it oh i just had a super quick um when she was saying you know she feels bad for by men basically just a small little anecdote even in my own personal facebook pages and things i'm extremely open about you know, being supportive and mixed orientation relationships and bisexuality, um, I am always assumed to be the bisexual one. Always. Every single time someone talks to me about it, I get comments, I get, they just, even his family to this day, just think I'm the bi one. No matter how many times I've corrected them, no matter how many open we are, how many times we're open about it, it's just assumed that the woman is the bi one. And it's just, it's, it's, I just can't even believe it sometimes. It's like, come on, how much more open can I be about it? It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Austin, go for it. Yeah. Sometimes I, I do a lot of work with uh, men in general in men's groups, and I just go into those groups. It used to be, I used to have all this internalized homophobia going to these groups or biphobia. And now I just, I walk in there as if every man is a bi man and interact with them in in that kind of way and um often it's surprising how much there is a hunger for intimacy even among straight men whether they're bi or not i to sexualize that connection that all men need is is um unfortunate and so that's that's a gift that i bring into those spaces that i'm in yeah yeah, I think that's a huge area of, of need. Um, cool. Eli, you want to say something? Go for it. 
I was not going to speak, but Austin and uh, Keith and Candace and Howard and Elizabeth, I think you guys have done a really good job at shaping this conversation in a positive um, and productive and helpful way. And Rob, um, I can't wait to read this book. I am uh, a heterosexual man who was in a uh, marriage with a bisexual woman who came out in her mid-30s. And um, it was a... I think we touched on the subject. It was a difficult conversation, maybe for about 10 seconds until we sort of realized that it's not that big of a of a of an issue between us. And we have much bigger issues that that sort of take uh that took precedence. Um and I think one of them was um Austin, you touched on. Um, men and you know gender roles and expected masculinity. Rob, that was one of your one of your takeaways was sort of like the sort of masculinity um, expectations and and uh, and I I guess um, you know intimacy that Austin Austin mentioned. If that's missing in the context of a relationship, um, whether there's bisexuality or different things involved, um, that's part of the work that that needs to get done. And I remember Rob, I had a conversation with you that was like. I'm not, I don't think I'm very happy and it doesn't have to do with, you know, my wife coming out. It has to do with other issues. And you mentioned the word authenticity, which has been mentioned here a couple of times tonight and having difficult conversations without fear of what might happen, even if what might happen will change things drastically. Um, because sometimes things need to change drastically. Um, and in the end it can be for the better and I can, sit here absolutely attesting that it's for the better and I feel stronger and I feel more able to show emotion and share emotions and positive and, um, you know, uh, helpful, respectful ways. So yeah. cheers, kudos. Can't wait to read the book. Can't wait to read the follow-up by women in marriages and, yeah. uh, and then so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Eli. That's really beautiful. And, uh, yeah, you, you can be in the next book. Um, cool. Uh, well, so we've gone a little over. I don't want to go too long. I want to end the recording in a moment, but I will stay on a little longer and chat or answer a few more questions. Um, but I just want to, okay, I want to repost the links in the chat just in case anyone needs them before they go and don't want to scroll up. Um, thank you all so much for coming. Okay. Okay. Don't stay, don't go. Glow wants to say something. Okay. I always My have aunt. to figure out how to unmute. Um, what I'd like to say is, it's kind of a question for you, Rob. Sure. What are the kinds of things that plain straight people can do to make the lives of people who are um, in different modes of living easier. Um, I, it, for myself, I I don't really care that much about somebody's sexuality. I have a bunch of gay male friends. We're going to the gay men's chorus of Washington um, holiday concert uh, at the end of this week. And I don't really think of these men as gay. I think of them as my friends. I like them because of the people that they are regardless of anything else. Um, part of that's because I'm old. Um, when you're 75, I guess you don't really focus that much on, you know, um, flirting or romanticizing or sexualizing contacts with people. So that may be part of it. But to a great extent, I think the only reason there's stigma about things like bisexual anybody is that the non-bisexual people are assumed to have negative reactions, which I think unfortunately is for the most part relatively accurate. So my feeling is what can straight people do to help other straight people understand that this is anybody's own personal choice and don't get twisted up in knots about it. 
Well, good, good question. And thank you for sharing. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot in that question. Like, and I don't know, I don't know that I fully have an answer. Like one thing most straight people could do is be more like you, be more accepting <laughs> and understanding. And so if you can, you know, get that message out there, great. Yeah. Um, in terms of dealing with like real homophobes that, you know, I, I don't know, uh, like it's difficult and there's, that's a whole other discussion, but I do think, True. you know, one thing is make, read this book and make people read this book because, and, and I, you know, I'm being facetious, but in reality, it isn't just about explaining terms and explaining what, why the law should be what it is and not, and arguing about these things and negotiating a, a big thing that we need is like this representation of what people's lives really are like and what how does bisexuality play out in someone's life like why is it important so when you say like you know i don't care about someone's sexual sexuality it's like people think that bisexuality comes up in the in in other people's lives in certain ways and it's often not how it comes up or not the the things that people actually struggle with and so I do think one of the important things is to is to get to know more bi people and be open with them mm -hmm. so that they may feel comfortable coming out. And the more that you know what their lives are really like, then the more um, understanding and empathetic you can be to the real challenges um, that people face. Bob, do you want to say something? Yes, I want to add something to that uh, that is very important. And we've I am a facilitator here for by request. And we've come up with this before regarding about with couples and that we all collectively need to learn not to assume that a guy and a woman together, when they're together or holding hands, that they're straight or that two guys holding their hands together, that they're gay or two women that are holding their hands that are lesbian in all of them. They can be bi in any of those combinations. And so one thing to think of is to get this what's called cis hetero thought process out of us and just simply say, oh, they're a couple or they're friends and and take that out of it. So that way there's no, you know, stereotyping and, mm -hmm. and we all have to learn it collectively. And that helps regarding with language. Language helps explain all of us and our and our experiences. And it really is important to have it. Yep. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Thank you, Bob. Um, and I was going to say something, but I forgot. And so Brad, Brad and Amy, do you want to say something before, if in case I think of it? Okay, sorry. There we go. I just, I just want to thank you for making the world a better, smarter place. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate that. Um, all of yeah. you, all of you, all of you, yeah. but you in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Amy. Thank you, everybody who um, who shared their stories for the book. And today um, was I what was I going to say about something? Um, I don't know. Whatever. I said a lot of things. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, sorry, Bob made me think this is the last thing and then not, we'll pause. But um, I I think that bisexuality, like a, something that's coming up from uh, what a lot of people are saying is like, you know, wh why is your bisexuality important? And a lot of, I think, non-bi people think, well, it's about choosing a partner and which gender partner are you going to have? And are you going to be monogamous or not? And those are the things. And I hope that reading this book, you'll see that it's about so much more than that. And that a bi identity is a breakdown of a binary. It's an open-mindedness and a and a worldview. It's not just about sex and sexuality and and gender. It's about reframing gender and reframing everything we're taught about sexuality. And so when what I learned by request is that many bi people have done that work and then they see the world differently. And that can be beautiful in a marriage and it can also cause conflict in a marriage. And that's that's sort of what's in this book is all the nuanced ways that this shows up. And so it's not, TV shows often boil it down to like, will they choose a man or a woman? Which one will they end up with in this love triangle? And like, that's like 
barely a issue that most people deal with and there are so many other things and uh and so yeah that's what that's what you'll read about um okay so i will stay on in a minute um after i stop the recording but i just want to say thank you all so much for coming here um there's i put up the links you can buy the book if you do like the book and could review it on amazon that would be incredible and if you can help spread the word in any way that's also amazing the book makes a great gift um maybe someone will come out to you and you didn't realize it um and i appreciate all your support so thank you so much for being here um yeah this was amazing Two Bye Guys is produced and edited by me, Robert Brooks Cohen, and it was created by me and Alex Boyd. Our logo art is by Caitlin Weinman. Our music is by Ross Mincer. We are supported by the Gotham, and we are part of the Zencaster Creator Network. Visit patreon.com slash Robert Brooks Cohen for bonus content, early access, and exclusive video episodes. Thanks for listening to Two Bye Guys. <laughs>